Welcome to the Bovine Banter with the Penn State Extension Dairy Team. The content of this, including text, graphics, and images, is educational only and not intended to be a substitute for veterinary medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of a licensed doctor of veterinary medicine or other licensed or certified veterinary medical professional with any questions you might have regarding a veterinary medical condition or symptom. Hello everyone, my name is Adrian Bergen and I'm an extension veterinarian and assistant professor within the Department of Veterinary and Biomedical Sciences at Penn State. Today we have with us Jersey Weaver from Daughters Dairy Farm in Clinton County. Thanks for being with us today, Darcy. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Daughter Dairy Farm? Sure, thank you for having me. Um, as you said, my name is Darcy and I am the current calf manager at Daughter Dairy. Um, in February, I will have been the manager for two years. I've had um, a history of growing up around cows. I've always um, worked on farms throughout my life, um, most of the time working with calves and heifers. So I have um, a couple years under my belt uh, taking care of calves. But our current operation, um, we're milking 1,100 cows, um, about 1,300 with dry cows, and we currently have 75 wet calves. Um, we actually just moved into our new calf barn in August, which holds a total of 120 wet calves at one time. Uh, we did move out of our old calf barn. Uh, we did a transition in August of having some calves in our old calf barn and then filling our new calf barn as it was uh, as it was getting done. All right, that's great. Uh, great expertise in that area. Um, so, Darcy, uh, can you describe the issues that you have faced in the past regarding facility ventilation that affected the calf health uh, at your operation, and what practices have you implemented to manage uh, this issue in the farm? Sure. So like I said, we actually moved into our new calf barn in August, and we transitioned out of our old one, which was a retrofitted chicken barn. Um, so a chicken barn is typically single floor, long, rectangular, um, with a shallow roof line, um, with relatively short outside walls. Um, so this barn has been remodeled for several, several different times. The barn originally was built in 1980s um, for chickens and housed chickens until early 1990s, which then chickens left and it was retrofitted for calves. We started out with individual pens um, and the ventilation in the early days was very tricky. Um, overall, it's a tunnel ventilation system where there are six fans that will bring in air from the north side of the barn um, and draw through the barn and exit at the south side of the barn. Um, this system was there when they first converted it for calves from the chickens. Um, but over time, as the farm grew, as the herd size grew and we had more heifer calves, they uh, tried to rework the barn of individual pens and the direction that the pens were in and how they were laid out within the barn. Um, they also had, they, at one point, they decided to 
create group pens at the south end of the barn. So at the north end of the barn, we had individual pens where the wet calves were housed. And then at the south end of the barn, we had group pens for the weaned calves. That's where they were housed. Um, and in 2016, the uh, need was, as the farm was growing, we decided to put in an auto feeder. Um, so at the north side of the barn, we still have individual pens where we had backgrounded calves for two weeks before moving them to the south end of the barn where the auto feeder was at and the group pens were at. We had four uh, stalls at the auto feeder, so we had four group pens at the south end of the barn. Um, so before the auto feeder went in, it's very interesting. I talked with the previous calf manager and she said that they had a very low mortality rate as well as a low morbidity rate, um, without the auto feeder, um, and with the tunnel ventilation. Over the course of time, we have had various issues, um, respiratory is, was our number one issue. We're no longer in that barn. So, um, after, and this is after the auto feeder, this is current day where the auto feeder was still in, was actively used and respiratory was an issue in the single pen, individual pens on the north side, as well as in the auto feeder area with the group pens on the south side. So one way that we tried to correct the ventilation to make sure that we were bringing in fresh air and good quality air um, to really get that stale and dirty, quote unquote, dirty air out. Um, we've tried tube ventilation of um, different size tubes, different diameter holes in those tubes, different placement within the barn as far as um, if it was closer to the outer walls or in the center and the peak of the roof line. Um, on the north side of the barn or the south side of the barn, um, the barn was laid out that we couldn't exactly do a tube from the north end all the way to the south end. So it was kind of broken up um, into different sections. But we also had different uh, requirements, ventilation requirements that we needed to try to hone in on as the calves in the individual pens would need different requirements versus the calves at the group pens where the auto feeder were at. So that was a huge challenge that we were facing. And the barn was also constructed with a lot of wood. So over time with any disease, once, it, once respiratory disease got into the building, um, along with just poor ventilation, it made the, it spread respiratory throughout the barn for all ages. So one of the things that, one of the practices that we implemented was a vigorous vaccination protocol um, for respiratory diseases, as well as a vigorous treatment protocol working with our veterinarian um, to develop a protocol of looking of sign and symptoms and then what drugs, we, antibiotics we should use appropriately for those, um, for those symptoms. So we decided with our new calf barn structure that ventilation was one of the top things that we needed to focus on. With a monoslope barn, um, there's just a lot of natural fresh air that the calves can have. On the northwest side of the barn, we do have a curtain that we can adjust appropriately, um, weather permitting and temperature, wind permitting, all of those factors. Um, so this 
newborn, um, along with the materials that the barn was constructed with, which is concrete, metal, and the heavy plastic panels, are non-permeable uh, materials that are easier to wash and disinfect so that once a group of calves exits the barn, we can go through and wash with, we have a washing cleaning protocol of um, cleaning out these pens before new calves come in. And that was something we could not do in the old barn with the, um, with a wooden structure, with the wooden sides. Um, also the draining in the old barn, it, we couldn't wash the pens because there was nowhere for the water to go. And that was a problem that we faced and with our old system. With our new system, we're able to wash the pens and the water is able to go, get away from the drain away from the barn. All right, great. That's a, a perfect example of how sometimes we try to adjust uh, previous buildings or to the needs of the animals. And uh, in the long run, it's uh, probably more beneficial and economical to just rebuild the barn uh, and um, just make sure that the new facility has everything they need for the animals, right? Because all the, the, the money was spent on just treating these animals, figuring out what's the issue and just adjusting and putting together all these new uh, approaches like the different tunnel ventilation position and things like that, I bet that then was uh, would have been more economical to just build at first or first time the, the new facility. That's great. Um, all right, so the next question I have for you, Darcy, is uh, if you use any science-based advice provided by an external consultant, such as an extension educator, veterinarian, or a faculty from the college, uh, to make any of these management decisions? Yes. <laughs> um, we have had a variety of people in to look at this calf barn over the years. People from um, Merck Animal House, Purina Feed, Cargill Feed, John Tyson from Penn State had come in, Haley Springer from Penn State had come in, as, long, as well as our veterinarian. And everybody had different opinions about what we should do or what we shouldn't do and had some really good thoughts about tube placement, tube sizes, um, or an advice of what we could do to better the ventilation in the old calf barn. These team members from these various companies would take our barn measurements and would compute a design, a tube design of what they thought would be appropriate for our barn. Um, we also set off smoke bombs to test where the air would go um, to see where it was pushing the air and if it was covering the enough adequate space. Um, we were also testing the air quality. We had bedded packs in our group pens as well as our individual pens. So ammonia was an issue. Um, so we needed to see if it was moving that stale air out adequately or not, um, as well as air speed of how fast um, the air was coming out of the tube and that needed to be adjusted, adjusted accordingly with the seasons. Perfect, 
No, great, great. That's um, that's great to hear that uh, there are people out there that has uh, perhaps a science base uh, knowledge that can help us out to troubleshoot these issues. Um, so perhaps you already touched a little bit on these, uh, but I want to ask you, what are the main advantage that you have experienced with this main practice that I just going to kind uh, of quote you on the, the newborn, the new facility might be the main practice that you implemented to address the issues that you have with ventilation. Yes, uh, the new barn has made a world of a difference um, as far as calf health, um, labor. We, like you had said earlier, our time is better spent taking care of these calves. We are not treating nearly the amount of calves now for respiratory disease as we were in the old calf barn just because of the quality of air that they're getting. Um, that's really been one of the major differences, um, advantages of our new barn. With that too, we are having less mortality from respiratory disease, which has been a great plus um, for us. That's something that we were really striving for. All right, great. So now, have you seen any disadvantage of this uh, practice of implementation of this new facility? So unfortunately, one of the disadvantages of moving into our new barn, um, we were faced with a new and different problem from our old barn. Um, like I said, we had a lot of respiratory disease um, going on in our old barn. And with moving into our new barn, our respiratory disease really decreased, which was great. But we found a new problem um, with our new barn. We have discovered that we have Salmonella Dublin, um, which is a hard battle with these calves. Well, that, that, that is also something that, you know, sometimes comes that once we try a new practice or a new facility, we're going to encounter new challenges. Uh, now it's up to us to troubleshoot and, and try to identify what is the, the main cause of, of these uh, pathogen you know, of this disease. It could be uh, facility related, it could be some different management we are doing. And I'm sure you guys are on top of that trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, that's great. And thank you for sharing that. Uh, so, Darcy, any other tips or advice that you would like to share with the audience about your expertise with um, having issues with uh, facility ventilation and calf health? There's lots of advice, but probably one of my biggest pieces of advice would if be that if you're thinking about changing your current system, whether it be retrofitting or whether it be a brand new system, to think of the big picture of your ventilation needs um, as far as what age calves are going to be in this facility. Also, the requirements are going to be different for the age and size of calves, but also for the seasons. Um, so you have to think about when it's really cold in the wintertime, what kind of air movement they need versus when it's really hot in the middle of summer um, to just really step back and look at that big picture um, and try to plan for for both extremes, um, but to find a happy medium as well. Great. Thank you so much, Darcy, for talking with us today. And thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday for a discussion about managing the newborn calf with Jessica Peters with Spruce Road Dairy in Midville. Thank you. <laughs>